From the deranged mind of a madman with a microphone, it's a drinking podcast with a movie problem. You're listening to Not Suitable for Anyone. I got my I got my coffee. I've got my water over here. I've got some iced tea. <laughs> you're and, all set. And I, I know you're a drinking podcast, so I I didn't have time to like whip up something. So I just grabbed. I have some beers in the fridge from like fucking three months ago. So we're just gonna, <laughs> we're just gonna hold on. nice. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we'll we'll uh I'll drink a couple of these. I'm not a big drinker anymore. So no, like, no. No, I mean I haven't really been. When I lived in Tennessee, I drank quite a bit, but. Outside of that, you know. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, no, I, 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 uh, yeah, I'm just not a big drinker. I don't like the way, I don't like feeling like I'm not in control. Like my brain is kind of scrambled and stuff. Okay. So that's why I don't smoke pot either, for the same reasons. But I'll, <laughs> I'll do a shitload of fucking coke. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, that's why I got coffee and <laughs> and iced tea. So. <laughs> yeah, so. I've been I've been doing bourbon. I've been drinking a lot of bourbon lately. Do you like yeah. Irish whiskey? Uh, I actually, I don't know the last time I've had an Irish whiskey. Okay. So, um, I, whenever people tell me that they drink Irish whiskey, they say Jameson. Jameson's like, it's is not that like, is that like the, the Jack Daniels of Ireland. Ba- basically, basically yeah. it's good though. Like, especially if you get like their 12 year or their 15 year. Okay. Um, but the, um, Connor McGregor has a, has a fucking Irish whiskey called proper 12 and it's actually, I don't really know the difference between that and Jameson, and it's a little cheaper. So I always tell people, "Hey, go with that one instead." You know? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll have to check that. I always figure that, like, if I've heard of it, then it's probably like, like, for, if it's something foreign and I've actually heard of it, then it's probably like the shittiest version of, you know, like Jose Cuervo, <laughs> <laughs> the worst tequila on the so, planet. Uh, I have, I have a moral objection to Jose Cuervo, and that is that the like the standard Jose Cuervo is it's the minimum amount of agave that you can legally call tequila. Um it is 51 is only 51% agave and the other 49% is sugar based. Mm. So you're basically drinking a mixture of half tequila and half rum. Right. And right. so so if you drink Jose Cuervo and you feel like shit in the morning, that's probably why. Hmm. Have you ever had Chicasa? Chikasa. I might be saying it wrong. It's Brazilian. It might be Chicasa. Yeah, yeah. I know. I have. I never. I haven't heard of that. So it's kind of got that <clears throat> halfway between rum and tequila taste to it. Okay. Uh, yeah, and they make a. I'm gonna say this wrong too, but they make a drink with it. It's a very like a traditional drink in Brazil. It's called a caparinga. I think it's called. And okay. uh, it's it's fucking delicious. <laughs> it really is. This guy. This is a guy who used to come to the bar in Tennessee, and he was. I believe he was, he's, he's American, but he's Brazilian, you know, and yeah. he goes there a lot and he used to, he actually brought us a bottle of it and he would just buy drinks from us with that. You know, we just use that instead. Nice. So, yeah. It was pretty cool. It's, it's good stuff though. I, I, I don't mind it. Like if I'm going to drink, like I'm really picky with tequila. There's not many I like. So, mm, yeah. So for me with tequila, if I want to shoot tequila, Casadores is probably my favorite. Okay. 
the the Blanco. Not the. I don't like the. I don't like gold anything. I used to when I was a kid because you're an no. idiot. Yeah. No, just get the Blanco. Get the Blanco's great for margaritas. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Cabo. Cabo's like if I want to mix a drink, I'm gonna use Cabo. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to get fancy. You don't need to get fancy with mixed drinks. But you do want right. something that's relatively like pure, like Jose Cuervo. I mean, that stuff's shit. And if you and when when you mix drinks with it, like that's why you feel like crap in the morning. Right. That's um, why, like, yeah, it, it's Popov versus Kettle One. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, what's the? I, I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm like I like derailed us. We haven't even started your podcast yet. But <laughs> if this stays in, that's awesome. If not, I don't care. Oh yeah. No, what, this is this what is, what is your most like exotic? Um, or not exotic, but like I guess taboo, like liquor that you've ever, like you've ever had. Oh gosh, I mean, or beer, or beer, any kind of alcohol, we'll say. Um, most like the most taboo. I mean, I like. Yeah, like like you say, ah, this is gonna fuck me up. I already know. I already oh, know. oh, that kind of shit. Well, um. no, like like, but it's like something that's <laughs> rare. You know what I mean? Like it's something like yeah, like you know. I mean. You know, I mean, I I I chugged a bottle or two of Goldschlager in my in my day, you know, okay. back in college. Um, yeah. You know, that's some that's some weird shit. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, I've had um, I've tried absinthe from um, I guess the Czech Republic. And, yep. Uh, and I had it, and I've had like absinthe that like you you could just buy over here the fake shit. You know what I mean? Oh right, right. Huge difference between the two. Yeah, it's kind of like but, it's kind of like real moonshine or buying that like bullshit moonshine at like the in Tennessee at like the tourist traps. Right, right. And I've had real moonshine and I've been fucking just uh, off had, my rocker. Have you ever had soju? I don't think I've had soju. It's it's a Korean rice wine. It's it's basically like Korea's answer to sake. Sake, yeah. I've had sake. Yeah, I mean that's like drinking paint thinner. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> um. Also, I if you want to talk like beer or malt liquor, uh, when I first moved to Worcester, um, <clears throat> Worcester, Mass, I I there was a big Big Bob's liquor store was at the corner of the street. We walked down there, and I was looking for uh Steel Reserve forties. Okay. And I grabbed them, and this guy, he's I don't know what he was, some kind of Eastern European. He's like. He's and he, he's not Russian. I know that much. But what he he sold me, he's like, oh, you don't want to drink that. You want to drink Russian forties. He grabbed <laughs> oh, he grabbed these two these two plastic bottles. Okay, like it would be like a liter of Coke or something or, or whatever. Yeah. And um, like there were plastic bottles <laughs> with I couldn't read the writing obviously. Oh, and there were forty ounces, and I drank one, and I was the world was just gone. I was just. <laughs> And the other one, like, my buddy came, like, a few weeks later. I'm like, you can have that, dude. I ain't fucking with that Russian shit anymore. And he's like, how bad can it be? And he drank the <laughs> other one. He was fucking gone. You know what I mean? So I don't know what was in it. I don't even know if it was legal. Um, when I popped the top, like, it didn't – the seal did not break. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was it – was, oh, man. But, yeah, that was probably the most taboo, like, malt liquor or beer I've ever had. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I haven't done anything like that. I, uh, I was in. I was really into dragon. Because you're sane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, shady guy. And this liquor store, like it's known, like there was a there was a robbery, and the guy shot the robber. He oh, shot him Jesus. in the head and killed him. Yeah. yeah. So like, so that there's this huge stigma behind it, and I'm like, yeah, okay, shady guy who murders people. 
I'll try your Russian 40 of yeah. whatever. <laughs> try walking to one of those places with just a phone. See how far that gets you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so were you saying dragon's milk? What's that? I was into dragon's milk for a while. It's um, it's a stout. It's um, it's a like a oh, I've heard it's it. like a bourbon barrel stout. So it's like finished. So the beer's like finished in old bourbon barrels. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. um, it's really strong. And like you can only get it. I used to call it a payday beer because like you could only afford it on payday when there was money in your bank account. Yeah, it's like a it's like uh, a fifteen sixteen dollar beer, it's, right? It's fifteen bucks for a four pack at the store. <laughs> that sounds good. So I I'm I'm gonna, you know I love you like a brother, you know. But I definitely nope. might have been racist when you were like, yeah, I like dragon's milk, and I'm like, oh, what's that? Thinking it's like <laughs> some Asian. <laughs> No, it's so, actually. I'm and then once to... you said what it was, I'm like, oh yeah, I know what that is, Trev. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> so I apologize. So, no, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, that's good stuff, though. That's good stuff. So, um, all right, we're already getting off topic. We haven't started topic. So what? What? Uh, so we're gonna talk about killers tonight, or or real killers. It's, it's got two names to it. I don't know if you oh. knew that. Oh, do, no, I, I didn't know that. I know there's so, a there's a bunch of movies called Killers, though. Do you know this? Like, there's a there's ton like of 10. Them, there's one with, like, Topher Grace, which is bullshit. But. There's a, well, <laughs> yeah, there's, like, the Ashton Kutcher one from, like, a few years oh, ago. Oh, that's what it was, Ashton yeah. Kutcher, yeah. Uh, which Thank is actually you. really fucking funny. Is it? Yeah. Uh, my wife loves it, um, but she likes it. There's one, there's one with Paul Logan in it, who's, like, a, <laughs> a B-movie star. He's in movies like Terminators. Like with an S, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, like 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 the Mockbuster. Transmorphers. Yeah, he does all those movies. Okay. He's actually, I mean, he found his niche, you know, and it, and it works for him. But yeah, Doesn't he was he have in, like a YouTube channel or something? He probably does. I don't know. I, 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 I reviewed a movie that he actually wrote and directed. And and for everything I didn't like about it, it I mean, it was still a solid movie overall, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, no, right. this movie, orig- I don't know if it was originally Killers and then switched to Real Killers or vice versa i owned the vhs for a long time and, and real killers is what i bought okay i so, didn't even know that um, yeah i tried to look it up before before we got together but i can't find anything on why the name switched you know yeah i mean all the yeah all the posters and everything i saw just said killers but uh but this movie was like lost to time no absolutely um, um yeah it was like i guess i found some articles that like it got it got like a restoration and uh, and it was re-released on digital, like maybe like three or four years ago. Uh, maybe not even that long. Maybe it was more like two uh, years was, ago. I think it was like yeah, twenty twenty felt like three years. So it's about, <laughs> I would say twenty nineteen. I think it got it. Okay, and and like there was talk of like a new like Blu-ray, but as far as I know, I've I've not seen shit about a Blu-ray. Yeah, so they said they had made a a DVD. I think in like early two thousands. It was a director's cut, but I don't think it ever made it like past like a promo stage. You okay. know? Yeah, I um, I have tried my hardest to track down a physical copy of this. Um, yeah, so the VHS of it at last before it got released on digital, I saw it going for like upwards of over a hundred bucks. Damn, because it was just a rare, it was just a rare oddity of a movie, and you couldn't find it on any other platform but VHS. But now that it's like it's like thirty bucks now, I see it. Yeah, now now that it you just, can actually watch it, right? Yeah, <laughs> it dropped it dropped dramatic. I mean, that's still kind of expensive for a VHS tape, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. 
but uh, this is like uh, I guess this is like Mike Mendez's first like feature length film. Yep. Yep. Um, and so if are you, yeah, are you familiar with him? I am like so I'm somewhat familiar with him. I haven't seen all of his movies, but every movie I've seen of his, I have enjoyed. Mm. Um, I really have you have you seen Lava Lantula? I have not seen that. Lava um. Lantula is fucking insane. It's um, uh, it's Steve Gutenberg. Awesome. Uh, who, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. <laughs> and 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 the fun and the thing about the thing about Gutenberg is he passed on. Uh, he he could have been in Sharknado. And he passed. And then, of course, Sharknado blew up into you know like a whole franchise. Yeah. And so he kind of he he kind of felt bad about that. And so when he had when he got offered the chance to do La Valangela, which if if you haven't seen it, is literally a movie about like all these all these earthquake earthquakes under L.A. and like up from like the cracks in the Earth's crust, these giant uh, like fire breathing tarantulas like start terrorizing the city. He did another spider <clears throat> spider movie too. Uh, yeah, like big ass spiders. Big ass spiders. Yeah. yeah, I think David Arquette was in that one. And and there's a sequel called Two Lava Two Lantula. That's fucking great. <laughs> but but they uh so they so they they hired Guten, Steve Gutenberg for this and he was so excited for it and they told him he could put he could have anybody in the movie that he wanted so he basically called like all of his co-stars from the Police Academy movies and oh, like wow. are, and like and anyone that wanted to I guess is like in this movie. Oh, I I, I need to check this one out. Then. So yeah. Yeah, Lava Lanch is awesome. Um, but then he also he also did um, the Grave Dancers. Yes. Uh, which uh, which I really like. That was one of the like eight films to die for uh, series. Yep. 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 Um, then he he was on what Tales of Tales for Halloween, Tales of Halloween. Yeah, yeah. I think he was in Tales of Halloween. And uh, the other one that I know of his, the other ones that I've seen of his is is called The Convent. Yes, that was a big one. That one made it. I think that one went to Sundance as, as well. Killers made it to Sundance too. Um, and when we talk about it, I, you know, well, I'll get into it a little bit about that. Uh, what my thoughts are, but um, he uh, he also had a movie that came out a few years ago called The Last Heist, I believe. Okay. And it was a bank robbery gone bad, with Henry Rollins as a serial killer who happens to be in the bank at the same time. And uh, yeah, it was kind of wild. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds it, it like it. Yeah. I, now I was super stoked when I saw this because one, I'm a huge fan of Henry Rollins, and two, I knew Mike Mendez from Killers, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be great." It wasn't. It wasn't what I wanted it to be. I'm not gonna say it was bad, but there was just a whole lot going on that just didn't need to be. <laughs> yeah, cool. I haven't seen that one. Uh, the other one that I the, the other one I would see I see all the time pop up on. Uh... Uh, on like Amazon and stuff, and I haven't seen it yet. Is is Don't Kill It with Dolph Lundgren? I want to see that. I heard it's really good. Yeah, yeah, I've heard the same thing. Um, yeah, yeah, that's definitely on my list to watch. So, but yeah, big big Mike Mendez fan. Um, and I think, I think I'd already seen. I think we got on this cop topic. So, so you you introduced Killers to me, um, because I had, I think I was talk. I may have been talking about Lava Lantula. Uh, or something, and we got we got to talking about Mike Mendez, and you you brought up this movie, and you're like, you got to go check it out. So, um, so how did you how did you find this movie? So, it was like 1999. Hollywood Video in Groton, Connecticut, was going out of business. It might have been a little later than 99, but whatever. We're gonna go with that. 
And they had a, um, like, you know, at Walmart, you got like the bin. Yeah. Yeah. So they just had a bin of, of, of VHS tapes. And I literally judged a book by its cover. I looked at the cover. And like I said, I, I got the one that has the real killers cover. So if you like to, if you were to Google real killers, Mike Mendez, you'd see it's like a little bit of a different cover than the other one. And I was like, Oh, this looks good. So I bought it. And then we went back to my buddy's, uh, he used to, he, he used to vacation in our hometown. We went to like his little like cottage that his family owned and we watched it there. And it was like, they were like, what the fuck are we watching? And I was too. Um, but like for me, I, at first I was like, wow, this is nothing like I thought it would be. But then as the movie unravels, I'm like, holy shit, what is going on? You know? And it just always stuck with me. Now I lost the I lost the tape probably like a year later, like an irresponsible fucking dickhead. But <laughs> but um, it, that movie always just stuck with me. And then like I remember before it was on digital, I remember I reached out to Mike Mendez on Twitter a few times. I'm like, hey, when's this coming out? Like, how can I find this without having to spend a hundred dollars on a VHS tape? You know? <clears throat> and he was like, he was like, yeah, hold on, it's it's coming, something's coming. You know what I mean? So <laughs> right, yeah. So that that was like my whole thing with it, like. So I didn't know anything about it. It was a blind buy, which sometimes I think those are like the best. Oh you yeah. Know? Um, and and it's a movie like I saw a lot of. So I, I I don't think I appreciate it as much as I do now as I did when I first watched it because you see a lot of similarities to other films that came out a few years prior, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but like overall, I was just like, yeah, all right, this is like you know. Th- afterwards, you watch it a couple times and you get a little more appreciative and. And the older I got and the longer I didn't see it. And then when I saw it, when it was on digital, finally, I was like, yeah, this is, you know, I mean, obviously you could see it's like a young filmmaker's film. And, uh, <laughs> this, uh, no, no, no disrespect meant to Mike Mendez at all. Um, no. th- this script feels like it was written by a 14 year old that just learned about cuss words. Right. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's pretty nail on the head. So he, he didn't write the story. I think he just wrote the screenplay for it. Um, I believe the gentleman who played Odessa James is the one who wrote the actual story. Okay. Um, I believe, but I mean, I think this was like a, it was just like a one. I, I honestly think it's, it's as much as Kevin Smith and Quentin Tarantino as much as they've done for like the independent film community, I feel like Mike Mendez in this film, um, it doesn't rival them, but it's equal. It, but it, I feel like it's still important, you know. Yeah. To make a film and yeah. and you know with the way they did it and I don't know. Right. Well, and I mean this film, this movie obviously wasn't made like with a huge budget, and in fact, like the the. The, the last episode, we were actually mm. just talking about this too, about like Kevin Smith and stuff and sort of this whole, this whole like boom of independent films. And, you know, we talked about how like for every Kevin Smith, there's like a hundred other filmmakers that, that no one's even heard of. Um, and now, that's some not- are better. <laughs> some, I mean, they are. Yeah. Some are better than, than Kevin Smith. He's just, he paved the way though. Like I'll always give him credit for that. He did. Uh, he did a lot, he did a lot of great things. I mean, his, his and, and, um, and I love Clerks. I think that I think that like when that came out, it was in that era where I was just like, I've never seen a movie like this, you know, ever in my life. And um, and this is kind of that way. But we were talking about like for every Kevin Smith, there's like a hundred other filmmakers you haven't ever you never heard of. And 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 you know, and Mike Mendez, sure, like he's gone on to have this like career, 
but he's not a household name the way that Kevin Smith is. And I think he should be, at least on the independent market, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he's done he's done great stuff. And this is and, and it's just one of those things where it's weird because this just as easily could have, you know, gotten someone's attention, but I guess maybe because it's a genre film, uh, you know, it's 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 discounted or, or sort of discarded as just, just some just some random schlock or or something. Yeah, they what do they call it? Like a nineties thrill kill? <laughs> like that's kinda like and then it was weird too. Do you remember that? Like, like, and I'm sure you, once we talk about the the true crime stuff that you're talking about, but like, like the uh, Menendez brothers, like they were like thrill killers. Like they killed their parents because it made them famous. And you know what I'm saying? Like there right. was this whole era of like in the middle of the nineties where people thought kids are just going to go out and kill people to be famous. And I guess some did, some went on to do that, but this film kind of captivates that at an early time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So right, we were so we were gonna get so we might as well get into that now. Um, since since you brought it up, I'm sorry, I don't. Um, I'm just I'm just not <clears throat> talking about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's great because that's exactly what I was gonna bring up. Because because even like the first time I I put this on and you watch the opening scene. Uh, so the opening scene, you got these two these two these two brothers with shotguns just like walk into the bedroom, and they just start plugging their their parents like in the chest with these shotguns. Okay, and and so we got to think about the timing. The timing of this movie came out, like when it was made, and like the age that Mike Mendez is, and sort of where he lives, and sort of put all these pieces together. Um, so, uh, so so a little bit of a little, a little. I need I need to get a little tr- some of that true crime music. <laughs> yeah, just do 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 do. I don't know. So I, what is true crime music? <laughs> <laughs> There you go. So, on on August twentieth, nineteen eighty nine, two brothers, Lyle and Eric Menendez, walked into the den of their Beverly Hills home with a pair of Mossberg twelve gauge shotguns. Okay, they blow both of their parents away. They leave and they come back later and they call nine one one, saying that they were out at the movies and they just got home to find their parents dead. Right. And then there's this huge investigation. And, you know, because it looks like it looks like a gang murder or like a mob hit or something. The the father was an executive at Live Entertainment, which is now Artisan Entertainment. So he's kind of a Hollywood big shot. Um, and the, the cops start to get suspicious when the brothers start dropping all this coin on like fancy sports cars and boats and jet skis and shit. Um, and so when the jig is up, then they, their story changes, right? And they start saying that, oh, they were, they were abused emotionally and sexually for, for many, many years. Yeah. And that's why, that's really why they killed their parents. And that becomes a story sort of heading into their trial. Um, this is four years later now. They, go into, they start going to trial in 1993. They were tried separately at first. Both juries deadlocked, couldn't make it, couldn't reach a decision. So then they were tried together. Um, they were convicted of first degree murder, and July second, nineteen ninety six, they were sentenced to life without parole. Where today they are still in uh, the California uh, correctional system. Yeah, but they became huge, huge celebrities. They really did. Yeah. Um, and th- this was a big thing in the late nineties. Um, they both got married in prison. 
<laughs> just like isn't that a weird thing like it's so weird yeah, it seems it's... weird to me um and uh, one of them got married twice um lyle got married twice uh he married anna erickson in 96 they divorced in 2001 and then in 2003 he married a woman named rebecca sneed um eric married tammy a woman named tammy ruth sackman sackman in 99 and she did an inter- she gave an interview in 2005. <laughs> she described their relationship as quote something that I've dreamed about for a long time, yeah. and it's something very special that I never thought I would have. <sighs> the 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 obsession with serial killer stuff like I get I get like true crime podcasts because they a lot of them shine the light on the victims and and it's an intriguing story it's ta- it, it one it's taboo you know what i mean yeah to like like it really does give light to a lot of these victims where where it should where the media has always focused on the killers and 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 like you're doing like making them celebrities you know but this whole like in love with serial killer thing i just don't i just don't get it i don't yeah, because <laughs> it's it's. it's a, wild, I mean, Ted Bu- Ted Bundy had had women that wanted him, you know, while he was in, and he raped and murdered girls. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then and then, uh, what is it? The night that was the Night Stalker was he was another one. Yeah, you know? yeah, that one. Yeah, that was. Uh, I've been seeing. I haven't seen that one yet, but it's making a lot of buzz on like Netflix and stuff. Yeah, the little docu series. But he was another one that like women were just they just loved him, and I I don't. Maybe men did too, but we all we hear about are the women. I don't, but I just right. don't, I don't, I don't know what it is about these, like these really I... bad people and people just being obsessed with them on that level. And the people who are obsessed with them, they might not be bad people. They just, there's just something about, you know, right. maybe it's a taboo. It's just taboo. Maybe that's, I mean, know, it's like yeah. fantasy. Like the girl lady said, it's like a fantasy. Come yeah. It's, it's like some kind of fantasy. It's a, but it's wild. So she spends, she she and her daughter drive 150 miles every weekend to go visit him in, in jail. Still? And, uh, well, I mean, this was from Wikipedia, so I have no idea if that's... Oh. But they're still married, I guess, so there hasn't, like... And, but, Wait, her daughter? It, How does... Yeah, her da- she, has, she, has a, she had a daughter. With uh, him? No, just, like, from... <laughs> no, this is the weirdest part. This is the weirdest part, okay? The mom had a... The, so the, mom, the, the woman that married him had a daughter. She refers... She refers to Eric Menendez as her Earth Dad. What the f- that? All right, so they're cult people, right? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that means. Uh, what is? Yeah, what, what? What's 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 your other dad called? Yeah, Cosmic right? Dad. <laughs> so, but but so Mike Mendez was born in 1973. So from the time from the from the time of the murders to the conviction, he's he's 16. He's age 16 to 20. Growing up in L.A., where all this shit is going on. Yeah. And his last name is fucking Mendez. And these are the Menendez killers. I never even put that part together. So, I mean, you got to believe that, like, going to high school and stuff, he he just heard about this shit all the time. So I can just just picture a, you know, like an 18-year-old Mike Mendez being fascinated with this whole thing. Because all of those things, all those concepts are, like, at play in this movie. Oh, very much so, and, and others too. Other serial killer um, 
things concepts. Yeah. So when you told me that you had some true crime stuff uh, yesterday, when I finally got a chance to watch it this, this afternoon, I was kind of looking for things because I didn't know. I mean, obviously the Menendez brothers was going to be it. It was going to be like the biggest one, but like I was looking for other little things and I, I like saw some similarities with a lot of things. Um, not just other films. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. I mean, because um, obviously the obviously the brothers in this movie are modeled after the Menendez brothers. Right. I mean, that's that's pretty apparent. Um, even right down to like the defense at trial. Because uh, they, yeah. they talk about that. And they stuff. talk about getting diddled and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and all the dialogue in this movie is so like, it's so on the nose. Yeah, um, it, it, it's very dialogue driven and like I'm going to use quotes like smart dialogue, um, much like a Tarantino film or a Kevin Smith film where there's like one liners and and like, you know, uh, just the way they articulate the way they talk, you know? Yeah, that's that was one big similarity I saw to that. But like, yeah, you're right. The dialogue was just it's just it was something else like it was, it was on a different level. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's wild. I wrote, I wrote down a few, a few lines here because the the dialogue is just insane. Like, there's like literally, um, like they're watching. They're all like at the beginning of this movie, uh, they're all like watching like the news reports about the about the brothers escaping from jail, and um, and like the report and like somebody, like whoever like filed this report like writes this like really like poetic like news copy for this woman to read where she's like she's like these convicted killers are out amongst the rain amongst us <laughs> <laughs> and then the dad like repeats it verbatim <laughs> really does yeah it's like thomas c howell with earwax <laughs> and i'm just it's it's so it's so bizarre um Oh, and real quick before we move on, I have to rant for a second. Yeah. About the fucking subtitles in this movie. Um, I, I watch every movie with subtitles on. Um, okay. And <laughs> you know how in the opening scene, like when they when it shows them it shows the brothers like killing their parents, and they're playing Inagata Davida. Yes. What a, what a, what an awesome song to open Which, that that scene up with. No. It's a great song. It's kind of the anthem for the whole the whole movie. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so they're playing the song and it's just, and it's just the song. Like, it's just the, re- the, the regular song. And like, you know, if you, anyone who has ever listened to music before and listens to that song knows that like the guy is literally saying, singing in the song, in a gata de vida. Like, like the line is, the, the lyric is in a gata de vida, baby. I swear to God. I'm not making this up. I wrote it down. It made me so angry. The the subtitle says, "And I got a fever, honey." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> That's all I'm gonna hear now. Whenever I listen to Iron Butterfly, <laughs> I'm gonna hear. I got a fever now. And I mean, it's like, like, do you even listen? Do you know music at all? Like, it, uh, it, what, did an AI write the subtitles? Like, what the fuck is going on? I have friends that watch movies with subtitles, and they say the same thing. Sometimes they're like, the fucking subtitles are terrible. Like, they'll they'll hate the movie over the, over the <laughs> subtitles. 
So, yeah. it's, a little, it's, a little, it's a little drastic if you ask me, but that's I mean, awesome. That's a great misheard lyric. <laughs> There's like a whole like YouTube deep dive on misheard lyrics, and, and Pearl Jam is like up there on top for like oh, misheard man. lyrics. The 90s. And now, whenever I hear a song by them, like that song, I can only hear what the misheard lyrics say they are. Yeah, well, the, the 90s were a great time for that between like Pearl Jam and Nirvana and like Mud Honey and Soundgarden and all that shit. Like, <laughs> You couldn't understand what anyone was saying. Yeah. So. Uh, but, uh, so, they the family starts to play this game of charades. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great. He gets so mad. That gets so mad at charades. He gets so mad because she makes this, like, throat slash, like, yeah. gesture. And somehow the mom gets from that to Nicole Brown, to the Naked Gun, which, like, makes no sense unless you've just read the script for the movie. I, you know what? I probably would have been mad, too, if I was that dad, because they're clearly <laughs> cheating. They're fucking cheating. He's also, like, uncomfortably horny for Nicole Brown in that scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, as the movie goes on, you see, like, the family's not... <laughs> they're not as you know, nuclear as, as you would think they were. <laughs> as they seem. No. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. Um, God, it's so great. And then, um, and so it, 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 the, the movie moves pretty quickly, right? Cause it's not long after that, the power goes out and then the brothers like show up at the door. Yeah. Um, and, and I love, there's another line I love where the guy's just, the dad's just like, Jesus Christ. And he goes, Nope. Yeah. <laughs> there are definitely some good lines man it's like like um just yeah they, they, it reminds me of uh thomas jane movies they always he always has like some weird fucking line in a movie you know oh yeah yep <laughs> so uh yeah this this one like i don't know like the yeah the, some of the some of their like the dialogue between the brothers like it was like they tried to make them sound real smart at what they were talking about but it was it was like like you said it was like a 14 year old just learning about cuss words <laughs> so they're real articulate about like using the words like fuck and bitch and <laughs> they're like I, I i swear they say shit like jesus christ you fuck hell bitch <laughs> <laughs> go make me a sandwich i just fucked you <laughs> It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Um, oh, he starts like lecturing the guy about like not paying his credit cards and like always pay your debts. I was like, what are you, a Lannister? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they start going through his movie collection. This is my another. This is like one of my favorite lines. <laughs> the Michael Madsen line. <laughs> No, the one where he says, because um, he has a copy of like Once Upon a Time in the West. Oh I yeah, think. and he's like, he's like, oh, I I borrowed that from a neighbor, and he's like, he's like, well, he's like, I know you did, because this is quality, and quality in you would be like a paraplegic trying to masturbate. <laughs> oh, I I was like, like he's when they find Free Willy, the movie Free Willy. 
and Odessa's like, do you know what the best part of this movie is? And then it goes completely off like the topic, right? And then he circles back around because he needs to tell him what the best part of the movie is. And he's like, I'm going to answer my own question. And he's like, Michael Madsen smoking cigarettes. <laughs> it was like someone that had to tell a joke and they had to get it out and everyone was ignoring him. So they just fucking said it himself. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, it's the, the, the younger brother. Um, like nobody, nobody respects that guy at all oh kyle yeah 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 they're just like yeah whatever odessa's the one running the show <laughs> yeah and then like like the the youngest daughter comes down and like her dad's like tied to a chair and she's like she wants his autograph <laughs> <laughs> right right next to adam west yeah it's 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 weird right right so like this is when the movie starts to get a little unhinged and i mean that in the best way possible like yeah this is where this is like the start of where this movie like really opens up and you're like, what the fuck am I watching? You know? Yeah. And I think when movies, when movies have that weird reveal, uh, those are the best movies I feel like, you know? And this one definitely like takes the cake. And it's honestly, it's probably like, I mean, I'm not going to say it's like one of the first ones ever, but um, it, it definitely movies. So I see a lot of similarities in this movies to other movies that had, had come before it. But I also see a lot of similarities in movies nowadays that came from something like this. And, um, you know, we can get into that at the end or whatever. But like like that moment where the, the dad's tied up and he's making him listen to his his oldest daughter bang the dude upstairs. <laughs> and uh, the, the mother's like taking the cigarette from the other killer and smoking it and laughing. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the father's just kind of like. He's just like, he's not angry. He's almost like embarrassed, you know? Mm -hmm. And you're like, what is going on here? Like, what the fuck just happened? Like, now he's doing autographs for the little girl. And, you know, this dude's like, he's just like, he's not angry. The father's not angry that his wife is all over one one of these killers and his other daughter's banging him, the other one. So you're, you're right now, this is at the point where I'm kind of like, what's going to happen next? You know? Yeah, yeah, because like his behavior in this movie doesn't make any any fucking sense at all. Like almost at any point in the entire thing. Yeah, well, until until like you get a little further and you're like, all right, this guy's just fucking nuts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like they're yeah. all just fuck. You know, so I don't want to get too far yeah. ahead. No, you know, no, yeah, but even even like towards the end, he starts to get insecure and shit. It's it's really uh, yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah. His, he's his... like he's like Mr. Rogers, but crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's um. We we believe in wholesome family entertainment in this house. Yeah, <laughs> and he looks like C. Thomas Howell. Like no matter how I put, he, he, he just does. He looks yeah. like C. Thomas Howell. So so this whole time I'm thinking it's him. You know what I mean? So it's like Pony Pony Boy Curtis. Yeah. And he's like, you know, he's grown up and he's just kind of weird. Yeah. Well, then like. Like, this is, like, where, like, so before, like, before, right before the kids get home is, like, the first time I start to notice that things are starting to go off the rails because, like, they're, like, the, 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 the James brothers start, like, asking them about their kids and, like, because their oldest daughter is out, like, babysitting at another house. And, um, and so 
like the mom just starts like talking. She's like, she's like, well, our oldest daughter, Jamie, she's 17 years old. And then, and it's like, she's in the middle of a sentence. And then the movie just cuts to the cops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, that was, that was a weird. Yeah. We have this whole cop storyline um, about them trying to track it, track them down. And which is, which is so weird because it seems like, we find out that they've killed like the witnesses from the original trial who live in the same fucking neighborhood as like the house that they're now like holed up in. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but apparently the cops can't fucking find them. <laughs> How about that one? And this is one of those cuts. It might be the actual cut scene that you just talked about, like where it just cuts all of a sudden where the, 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 the lady detectives in her car with the door open and it's just fucking pouring. Yeah. And the other cop is the other detective is standing there with, like in the way of her shutting the door, leaned over, just getting fucking poured off. <laughs> like you could see like it's just buckets and buckets of water. It was like they were throwing buckets of water at this guy. Yeah. And he was just sitting there talking to her. And they had this whole conversation. It was, it was like a three minute scene. And then at the end, he gets in her car. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you just get back in the car? <laughs> Get out of the fucking rain. Literally, he's sitting there getting rained on, and he's talking to her with the door open. Yeah. You know? Um, yep. it, that was a weird thing to me. The rain in this movie was crazy, because it was just like, I mean, it, I mean, obviously it was like a lower budget kind of thing, but, it, but they used that, they actually used like actual water, and it was just like, it was just coming down in fucking buckets at wherever they were. Yeah, it was supposed to be know? like this big, like, like storm of the century yeah, whatever kind of thing. Yeah, like it but, knocks but all the could, power out. Right, right. But, but you like, can tell it's only raining on the spot that they're at. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then like, and like half an hour later, everything's completely dry. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> let, let's talk about that because the cop, the cop, like it's running a, its own story, trying to catch two killers, like linear to what's going on in the house, you know? Yep. And uh, it, but it's like, it's like it's it's running linear, but. I feel like we missed a bunch of, well, we didn't because they just didn't have it in the movie. But like you said, like these guys, when they got out, they went out and killed a bunch of people before showing up at that house that we never even know about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, and then that's how you find out is through this like cop story and people are in trunks and then, you know, <laughs> and then they're, they're actually <laughs> killing people who come up to the door. And like no one hears anything except for some <laughs> old man with a cane. There's a scene where, like the guy's literally got like the mugshot in his hand of Odessa James, <laughs> and and for some reason the guy the, the, the for, for some reason he was allowed to have his mugshot taken while he's like looking down he's like this he's like looking down like at the ground. every shot of him in the whole movie <laughs> every shot of him in the whole movie is looking like that yeah in- including his mugshot and then like the guy the dude opens the door and it just match cuts to Odessa James standing there like looking down and it's like you're looking at the guy's feet so I don't even know like what you're gonna do right those are some nice shoes man where'd you get those shoes <laughs> Yeah, but it's but I guess like it was like well we don't have the money to like show this huge killing spree so how are we gonna like communicate to people that there's this huge killing spree like we'll just have the cops like like break in for like a five minute exposition scene every like ten or fifteen minutes or so and talk about it. Yeah, that's that was weird. And then like I mean this is uh, I'll wait until we move forward with the movie, but 
there's something else I want to circle back around about with the cops and everything too when we get to that part of the film. But yeah, yeah so he, they kill they kill the the annoying neighbor, which I'm okay with, you know. <laughs> well, the poor husband of the annoying neighbor, though. Um, he's the only one that heard anything and then he didn't come outside until after the cop got it like <laughs> well and even even then like 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 he was he's he he's clearly he's been like trying to explain to the cops for like 20 minutes like what's happened he's like no i heard a shot it's from that house that house right there <laughs> yeah yeah he's very specific <laughs> like no one are you sure get- that's what you heard he's like are you kidding me <laughs> My <laughs> wife is missing. Like she went over there, and then there was a gunshot. And the, the cops like, "Are you sure?" So, so you're saying you heard a gunshot in this general area? Could it have Mr. been a car Ma- backfiring? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Magoo, was it your car? Like, but this, this is this was like another one of my favorite scenes because like the co- the main cop, the lady cop's partner, like goes back to the car because she's like she's like, well, I need to know who lives in that house. And he goes to the car. And he comes back with this, like, stack of papers. Yeah. <laughs> He's got, like, a 30-page report on the wife. <laughs> He's got this huge dossier. Yeah, like, the wife's got this whole rap sheet. The The father's, like, a goddamn, like, Medal of Honor winner from Vietnam. He's got three gold stars. <laughs> now, I don't know if you can get three in, in one war or one tour or whatever, but... but he, had, like, know, they, he had, like, seven purple hearts or something. Yeah. They, he, was a, he was a big deal in... Um, <laughs> and, I, and again, this is when that reveal. This is when the so leading up to it before is like there's something weird going on here. What's about to happen? This I think is like the actual catalyst. Like this is like yeah, what the like this is what they're dealing with inside. Like this is this is who these victims are. You yeah, know? this is when we're starting to find out that the victims are not are not all all that they seem because it's around the same time. <laughs> the wife, the the wife is is like she's fucking Odessa James on top of the washing machine. Yeah, and yeah. he he's like to like get there. He's like standing on the dead body. <laughs> yes, he was. Yes, he was. And somehow the dad has untied himself from these knots that that are that are supposedly impossible to untie because his brother Kyle was was well, in the yacht club. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Talk about white how white privilege were they too? Like I think that was like a point to write to get. You know what I'm saying? Because the Menendez yeah. brothers, they came from money and shit. So right. obviously that was a point to write home. But these, yeah, they were so white privileged, but bad. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, And this was the point where I wrote down, because it shows like a reaction shot of the dad, like watching his wife, like, fuck this, this, this kid. And like, did I miss a scene where they put makeup on him? So I, you know what? I thought of that today. I was like, what, ha- where did, did I blink like, and miss it? He's like wearing on lipstick. The VHS, on the VHS, you see it. The daughter, the little daughter in the VHS, I believe, from what I remember, is putting makeup on the father. Like okay. Laughing. Okay, you know? yeah. Another so. part of like these, these guys are a little unhinged, <laughs> just fucking eight-year-old putting makeup on her tied-up father, you know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it's, I don't think it's in the digital cut. I didn't see it. I didn't, I don't remember, like, I don't like, I think I would have remembered a scene of someone putting makeup on this dude, but yeah, it looks like he's got, like, lipstick and shit, and his face is a little bit, like, pale, like they put, like, 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 the like powder. powder or something on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. It, there's definitely, and, and I think it's not in this cut, because if you didn't, if you didn't see it, and I missed it too, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, re- I distinctly remember it being on the VHS, where they did that. Yeah. And so... <laughs> And Funny so, how that's what they yeah. cut out of. 
Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I've got all this other shit. You got the you got the you got the seventeen year old like underage daughter yeah. you know, banging Kyle naked. James upstairs, yeah. completely yeah. naked. Yeah, that's kind of weird, right? <laughs> and, and it was around then, like this whole movie, but I, I I wrote it down several times. I wrote it down here too, but like it's in that scene and of several others where like Mike Mendez is just in love with having light like pouring in through the windows. Haze. Everywhere. He uses that haze effect quite a bit. I So with this being his first feature film, I'm wondering if a lot of these shots were like, this is what I can do. Like showcasing his, what he can actually do. So maybe the plot, yeah. and the, the story doesn't really have to make sense as much because he's trying to showcase what he can do as a director, uh, especially with a budget. Like, I think the budget was like a hundred grand or less than that, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I couldn't find much on that, but I think it was I think I think it was somewhere in that in that ballpark and yeah, so, so and like yeah. like with the like, so like with the light and the haze, you, you you use like essentially you're using like a fog machine to get that haze look, you know? Yeah. And when it hits the light, it gives off that effect. And you're right, in every scene it's like that. Yeah. <laughs> like Even the, in the basement. Like, yeah. Like the, the the front door has a little like tiny like square like window in the top and there's just this beam of light like shining like, in. It's yeah. it's it's in the middle of the night. <laughs> like God is like there they are. God is God is pointing to the police where they are, and they're still not believing him because he's an old man. Like how do you sleep in this house? There's just lights like shining on it twenty four seven apparently. Yeah, oh, it's it's fascinating. But um, but yeah, so the cops get ready to storm this house. And, and then like on a dime, everything just flips and like the family all of a sudden like comes out and starts killing all the cops. And that's when I've like wrote down, like, I literally have no idea what the fuck is going on anymore. So why did the ex? All right. So the father, obviously he went back and he tied himself up, right? Yeah. Cause when the cops show up, Odessa shuts the, the closet door and he's in there tied up. Or maybe he's just pretending he's tied up. Now. I think he's pretending at that point. Cause we've already seen him like out of the chair. Yeah, so when they come, when the police barge in, he's sitting on the couch, and he's, like, filing his nails, <laughs> right? But at this point, we know he's some fucking badass GI from, from Vietnam who killed a fucking bunch of people, you know? Yeah. And uh, and you know that the wife was, like, you know, drugs, prostitution. Um, I don't know if they said that she, like, ever got, like, um ever got arrested or for like murder or anything like that. Well, they did though. They, they were like, they were like conviction overturned on a technicality and like all that's right. Yeah. yeah. All of them were over. Yeah. They're all <laughs> overturned. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you, you come in and the cops come in, like you said, and then they, they, he's like very calm and he's like filing his nails and he's talking, he's like, Oh yeah, this is where this guy is. And this is where the other one is. But then he like, when they turn, I don't know, how does he get behind them with a fucking ax? <laughs> That already has blood on it. it. Like, there's already blood on the axe. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's... So it, I, that part's confusing because I was like, wait. I'm that, like, wait. That part's confusing? That... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we haven't made it to Bob yet. But yeah. Oh, God, Bob. <laughs> yeah, that, that part's confusing. Um, so he, so he, starts, he starts wailing on these cops with the axe, you know? And then the wife comes in. And the wife was supposed to be upstairs, and she shows up with a knife, and she stabs the broad. Um, I'm sorry, the, the lady, the lady <laughs> the detective. Lady detective. I'm, these beers are getting to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's but like it's just that whole scene. If I had to pick a scene in that whole movie that like 
didn't make sense from like a directing point of view, I think it would be that that scene because it was just like you said, a whole lot just started happening. It's like, well, how did this happen? Why did this happen? You know, I understand like reveal. That's the big reveal. Like these guys are this this family's fucking tapped. You know, yeah. but, but how they how they did but it was the logistics of how they get from where they are right. to to what happens. Yeah, I was like. I was like, I, I have no idea what's going on anymore. So I guess I'm, I guess I'm just along for for the ride at this point. Um, it's because, a fun ride though, because <laughs> it's at the next, it's at like the next scene where you find out that they have a fucking like dungeon in their basement. Yeah. Oh yeah, like like better than people <laughs> under the stairs. <laughs> exactly. I was like, this is where the movie turn literally turns into the people under the stairs. Yeah, they're cannibal fucking. There's cannibal fucking prisoners down there that are eating these dead bodies of the cops and and uh, the little girl. But so, then the little girl, like Odessa's in the bathroom because the 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 uh, the teenage daughter showed up with a fucking assault rifle and started shooting at him out of nowhere. <laughs> so he dives into the bathroom and then the little girl uses the passageway by the you know with the in the tub and that's how he ends up down there and all that jazz. But like yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is where the movie goes bonkers. Like, okay, it was kind of weird up to this point. Now it's bonkers. Like, it's what the fuck? You know? Yeah, yeah. It, it just it's it's completely off the rails at this point. Um, it's much like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, and and like yeah, and 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 people under the stairs came out in ninety one. Yes. So, so obviously this that was ev- obviously influenced for this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was clearly because I mean that movie you have this you have a a cannibalistic incestuous family, you know, harboring a dungeon full of like deformed people. And essentially, and, it's the same thing. It's the exact <laughs> the same, same exact thing, thing here. Yeah, because yeah. he was even like, yeah, because the wife at one point was like, "I don't want to fuck you. I just fuck somebody else. Go fuck your daughter." <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> I'll go do that. And then, and then they're eat- and then they're eating breakfast or whatever during the whole like weird siege siege. And like they're like, You want a finger what did you, you want a finger cake or a lady finger? A lady finger? And it was an actual It was an actual lady finger. And and then the daughter when the daughter is uh, when she right before she kills uh, Kyle oh, yes. James she just goes she says well, daddy's better. And it just blows yeah. his balls off with a shotgun. Yeah, yeah, my daddy fucks me better. I was like, that was something I did not remember. Remember, I was like, remember, because I wasn't going to be able to watch this movie, I didn't think, and I'm like, I remember yeah. this whole thing. I definitely didn't remember that part. <laughs> oh, my God. And then, like, there's this whole, like, romantic side plot between the lady cop and Odessa. Yeah. Yeah. Which comes out of nowhere. Well, well, they kind of hint at it before in the in the dialogue in the car the, when she's talking to her partner. Yeah, because apparently she got to know him in prison. Some because prison guards are also like the people who like investigate and hunt down right. yeah. escaped prison prisoners. <laughs> yeah. I ate lunch with them every day. Why? <laughs> you don't even work there. <laughs> you don't work in the prison. You're a fucking detective. <laughs> Every day I ate lunch with them. What? And I think the cop, the, her partner or something, even says something like, "Like, did you fall in love with him or something like that?" And she, I don't think she answers. She's like, "I don't know." Or, yeah, it kind of cuts away while shaking her head. Yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, there's this whole scene where like the two of them are just trapped in the basement together. 
killing cannibal fucking prisoners. <laughs> and you have they, like make out. Hey, don't they like make out? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and then Kyle's tied up with Bob. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into that. What well, like God. what the fuck is Bob? I what is Bob? I don't know. I don't know. So so like, this movie uh was ninety six, right? Um yeah. Pulp Fiction was ninety four. This was like their answer to um To the Gimp? To the Gimp and like the people under the stairs, what was the uh Roach or Flea or whatever the fuck his name was? Um like the one that would move around in the walls a lot. I feel like this was the answer. Oh to that. yeah. Um, I can't remember the only the only name I can remember from that movie is Fool. Fool, yeah. But I don't, uh, but, but regardless, yeah. yeah, he was like the mixture of those two characters. And I'm like, is he wearing like a leather face mask? No, he was just fucked up, right? Yeah. Yep. But like, who? <laughs> and he's like you... he's like kind of like in drag or or something. Yeah, and like he's obviously part of the family. Right. They, he doesn't live in the fucking dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> he lives in the pantry, which he, is fucking weird. Too. He, he lives in like some like sub layer between the dungeon and the house. Like he's not quite allowed in the house, yeah, but he's not yeah. all the way in the dungeon with like everyone else. Yeah, I thought he was in the pantry. Was that what it was? I don't know. That's a big Maybe. ass pantry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's like he's like faces all. Think of like for the listeners. Think of like Leatherface, like the mask, but it's actually his face. So it's just really scarred up and and chewed up and weird looking, you know? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. And um yeah, I think I even all I all I could write down was like what who the what the fuck is or who the fuck is Bob? Like where did this come what from? The what the, the fuck, fuck is, is going on here? <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's another thing. That's just crazy out of left field, like what the yeah. fuck, you know? There's no foundation for that whatsoever. It's just uh okay, here's this guy now. <laughs> yeah. He's got Kyle. I don't even know how he actually like even captures Kyle James. It's That's just kinda... another thing. I feel like I feel like that got cut out too because I I I, rem- I distinctly remember him being caught by Bob. Okay. So I feel like the digital, and I could be wrong because I haven't seen the VHS in fucking twenty something years, and I don't really remember last week. So <laughs> so, but I I, I kind of remember these things that were not on the digital cut. In being in the actual film you know what i mean like in the actual vhs tape yeah um I, I i remember there was like he was down there because he he went down there to make his own sandwich that's why i said it was the pantry and while he oh. was in there bob jumped him that's what i remember i mean it wasn't a big scene but there was like these little cut scenes that i do remember that okay I, that didn't make it in or for some reason into the t- and maybe i'm wrong maybe mike mendez is gonna listen to this and, and hit me up and be like <laughs> you're fucking wrong dude i never had any of that but that's what i remember you know yeah i mean that would make some sense i mean anything would make sense because it kind of goes from like the melee and everything with the cops to like by the time the dust settles like kyle's tied up and odessa and the lady cop are like downstairs like kind of they're they're in some they're 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 in the dungeon, but they're kind of away from all the, uh, all the, the the crazy people. So they're kind of safe, you know, where they are, and yeah. you know, and then there's like a horde of of like disfigured, you know, zombie people between them and and the family. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's definitely like, I, it, there's definitely stuff that's missing in the digital cut, I believe, because like I, I feel like a lot of that got got you know left out. Um, because I, I again. 
I remember it, so it had to have come from somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or maybe not. I don't it's know, just maybe your, it's just your brain like putting the fragmented pieces yeah. of this movie together into yeah. something my coherent. Psych- <laughs> my psychosis is me remembering things that didn't happen in the movie Real Killers. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, Let's talk about so- this, like the whole siege, like house raiding thing, because they get all surround, right? They surround the house, and then. The detective, her partner, and like a SWAT guy and another guy come in, right? Yeah. And they get the axe. They're the ones that go down to the basement. So while everything's going on in the basement with them killing fucking these prisoners, these cannibal fucking people, and then you've got Bob emotionally wrecked that that Kyle didn't like the blowjob he just gave him. <laughs> um, you have they're sitting down at I like breakfast. <laughs> You forgot about the blowjob? <laughs> I must have blocked it out. You should have. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, Kyle did a really good job acting that. Like, don't blow, like, don't blow me, bro. You know what I mean? Like, he was, he was very upset and distraught yeah. that was happening. Um, yeah, so, so in between that, like, you have, or after that, like, you have them sitting down and having, like, breakfast, right? Yeah. He's reading the paper. <laughs> And like it's like what? Wait, where are the rest of the cops? <laughs> they're just and, they're just chilling out front, waiting for someone yeah. to come outside. I guess. Right. Yeah. And then you <laughs> that's where you get the uh the the lady finger gag. Yeah. 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 You know that all that happens there. <laughs> but then the door opens and he just lifts up his revolver and starts shooting. He shot. He shoots the fucking. <laughs> he shoots. I think it's the partner, and he comes in with like an Uzi. This cop comes running in with like an Uzi and gets blasted by a by a fucking revolver. <laughs> but uh. That part's like, oh, so there's still police outside. So now you have deranged family versus serial killers or whatever you want to call them, two convicted murderers uh, versus the entire police of Hollywood. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like that's what you, SWAT and everything. They're all yeah. outside the door. But these guys, they don't want to come in. Like the cops <laughs> do not want to come in. And, and when, they fi- when they finally do, it's just wild. Yeah. Like, and it's not it's not Hollywood and it's not Beverly Hills. So the town is called Beatty, California, named oh, after Warren Beatty. Right, right. Oh yeah, they mentioned it because <laughs> of the yeah. bridge. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. But I mean, it, essentially, it's Hollywood, right? But yeah, yeah. I think it's it's supposed to be yeah. I think it's supposed to be like a Beverly Hills type of community. Um, but yeah, it's just just weird that they picked like Warren Beatty of all people. Um. <laughs> It's fucking Dick Tracy, man. That's right. Which again, mid nineties. Yeah. Dick yeah, Tracy. He had a he had a big boom in the nineties. Yeah. yeah. Madonna. Great movie. Al Pacino. William Forsyth was in there, right? He was flat was he? top, right? Was he flat, flat top? top? Yeah. So. That might uh, have been my introduction to that guy. <laughs> yeah. What a crazy movie that was. But then so Not like, as crazy as this one. <laughs> So Odessa and the cop, they kind of like blast their way past all the, all the, you know, the mole people. Right. And they re- still some alive. <laughs> they get, they get away. And they, they reunites with Kyle. And then I guess they brought their makeup with them. No, the girl had it. Oh, this was a, all right. So this is a key thing. Okay. So the girl, the look, the, the, the youngest daughter is, even though the other ones are trying to kill them. She's clearly still obsessed with them, right? She's obsessed with the celebrityness of these two guys. Yeah. Um, because she's wearing their makeup while watching TV, 
Oh, that's right. There's that whole the commercial. The, the she's commercial. watching the commercial for the action. They made right. action figures out of it. Yeah. So like there's brothers. a commercial. They made action figures out of them, which is obviously a satire on consumerism um, and glorifying violent violence and violent killers, which again is ahead of its time, right? Yeah. Because yeah. up until this point, you really only had the Menendez brothers, as far as like that global like celebrityism scale of. Is celebrityism a word? Am I making that word up? <laughs> but well, you know what I'm saying. Though? Yeah. Like, they were the only ones on that level. Right. Uh, I believe. Right. But, Is there any other well, serial killers that were the so that were glorified at that at that point, I like mean, that high up? I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer, but no one. You know, those are mostly like just gags and jokes. Like no one would thought of them as like. Yeah. I mean, do you have? You know? Yeah. I mean, you had guys like Bundy and stuff like that. Like the big ones were always always kind of glorified. Right, but it right. was before this sort of like new era, um, you know, in the the, the late nineties, because we were only like we're like in ninety six when this came out. It's only a couple of years before Columbine, right? Um, right. that was a big thing, and, and after um, they had the uh, West Virginia Tech, um, massacre where he yeah. he did that he did that for the same thing. For yeah. you, you have the, all these, things. yeah, and the DC sniper I think was all in that same, yes, um, in that same in that same realm. Um, yeah, that was like. That was it. Was like at that point in our like media culture where people started to like realize like I could I could get famous and I could control a news cycle for you know days maybe weeks by doing something crazy like that. I mean the, I guess the Zodiac Killer was the original one that that did that right Zodiac yeah. Killer was captured that that captivated people through the media because he would write the letters to the media but like Menendez brothers they were just they were from a rich Hollywood family right and that's how yeah. that's how they so I feel like it was definitely like it definitely foreshadowed what was to come. But that's what I was talking about earlier. Like the whole 90s thrill kill. People were so afraid of that was going to keep happening, you know, and in, and in a way it did because Columbine, they did it to be famous in West Virginia, yeah. uh, West Virginia Tech. He did it to be, fa- you know, in like the dude, uh, I don't even know his name. The one that did it for like Dark Knight um, movie oh, theater. yeah, yeah. Uh, the Colorado. Is it- yeah. Yeah. So all of these things that followed, I'm not saying it's because of this movie, but this movie foreshadows like what was to come, right? Yeah. Um. Right. Because it would it really did happen for a while. Like. Uh. And 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 it was and the reason that like the reason that we don't remember is like some of those later guys' names is the media kind of figured this out. Um. After doing. after yeah. a while, and they were like, okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna make these guys famous anymore. We're not going to say their names on TV. Well, we're going to report th- the news. We're going to, you know, we're going to say the news and report the crimes. But uh, we're I feel not like the s- West Virginia yeah. one was the last one they really, because they went real, real wild with it, where his like manifesto video was posted and stuff. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like yeah. that was the last one. But yeah, you're right. You're right. And yeah. and I so I think like the action figure thing was a, was satire, kind of a satire on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean that's that. that's what I got out of. Nope. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, assuming that there was some guiding principle to writing this movie beyond cocaine, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's you know that's that's probably it. And even like like with the people under the stairs reference, like the people under the stairs was kind of this like gentrified neighborhood in like wherever I think it was supposed to be like New York or or something like that. And here, like he he makes the decision to set it entirely in this like really affluent neighborhood like he's kind of trying to say like hey like there's like this evil you know could spring up literally anywhere like nobody's safe 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of, that's kind of like the untold story of like LA. Right. Sure. Um, Cause there's been a lot of this kind of like, you got the Manson family, you know, yeah. out well, Hollywood. And they even, I mean, even the beginning of the movie starts talking about OJ, um, which I like, forgot about, you that. know, yeah. and that was huge. Um, that was one of, that was the first time I can remember like somebody's trial just being broadcast on TV, like 24 seven. Yeah. You know, like yeah, everything that, that, that happened yeah. outside of like, you know, judge Wapner. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, right. Well, I mean, that was like court TV. Like I think became a thing because of because the OJ, of OJ. trial. I, yeah. I, that makes sense. I think, I think you're absolutely right on that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, yeah. So I, it, it definitely foreshadowed what was to come, which I think makes it pretty smart of him, you know, that he saw, he saw this trend, you know? Yeah. And I, I and I want to say this overall for like with horror movies and stuff where the media or, or like, you know, a lot of religion based uh, organizations, they'll blame horror movies for what these people do. But in oh, reality, always. it's more satire than anything. It's them taking those situations and, yeah. and saying, no, this is, you know, because of X, Y, Z, the media, obviously the media was a big part. It, it reminded me almost of like a low level RoboCop with the the media and consumerism oh yeah yep uh, i don't know if you've seen the the original robocop in a while oh yeah but, it's yeah. i mean I, I i saw it my i watched it with my kid like maybe back in the summer okay yeah so um, it, you know how it's got that whole satire of that going yeah. on like this this is definitely like a low level of that which he could have he, <laughs> the, maybe the, maybe they drew influence from it i don't know yeah well yeah because like the the ed 209 walks into like a boardroom and like murders one of the board members and everybody just kind of like goes about their business. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Verhoeven, all of Verhoeven stuff, I think is, uh, is very is driven very, like that. Uh, yeah. It's very, even the remake. Have you seen the RoboCop remake? I never saw it. No, I never saw um, it. It's, it's like in a lot of I liked ways. The, who, who played him? It was, um, uh, that's a good question. Oh, the dude that was in, uh, I can't even think now. Um, Joe, is it Joel or Joe? Yeah, Joel Kinnaman. Yes, yes, him. Yeah, uh, I love him. I think he's a great actor. He was good. Um, so here's the thing: is it's 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 really it's it's really well made. Um, yeah, I'm Gary, sure people just shit yeah. on it because it wasn't Rubble. It, you know it's, what I mean? It's yeah, different... like like stylistically, it's a complete opposite of the original RoboCop. Like it's very slick. And like yeah. and, and 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 stylish and, and and kind of you know sanitized, um. But but the satire like it's still a satire. Um. They use like Sam Samuel Jackson's in it, and he's like this like talking head like news anchor type of character. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> um. And that's really like where the satire comes in, where he's like he's like highly critical that like no one's doing anything about all this violence and shit and then like at the end when you know when it turns out that like you know that this this army of you know robots was even worse than the crime he's like how dare the government you know do all this you know it's just one of those things where he obviously doesn't know shit um but he's gonna go and and much like the media plays stuff right (laughs) that's how the media works exactly yeah so i think i think it's worth watching but if you're looking for that same kind of like gritty like over the top violence and stuff from verhoven like that's uh, uh you know that's right, really only in the original gonna, yeah um yeah. so but but yeah so i see like elements of that getting drawn into this uh especially at this point of the movie 
So you, so you got the so the little girl already had the makeup and she wanted the toys. Remember, she even asked her dad, "Can you buy me these?" The dad's like <laughs> covered in fucking makeup. Like his wife, his wife and daughter were just fucked by serial killers. And his youngest daughter's like, "Hey, dad, can you buy me the toys for these guys?" <laughs> He's like, "Yes, honey. Christmas is right around the corner, or whatever yeah. the fuck he says." Well, they're and they're running ads for these toys like in the morning after like the news breaks that they just broke out of prison, <laughs> right? Which like. <laughs> Like today in like 2020, in 2021, like they would be like if that happened, if, if if you know, like there might still be toys or something, but they would or or like maybe there'd be like a documentary or something. Like they would pull all the advertising like immediately. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Cancel. Let me um, cancel. I mean, they wouldn't even get that far. But yeah, yeah, you're right. They'd, they'd be like, they'd, they'd be like, now nah, was not the time, and blah blah blah. But in the 90s, hell no. Man, they would no. have been full steam. Like, oh, now's the time we gotta. <laughs> We gotta no, you're right. You're absolutely like, right. Yeah. Full steam I mean, ahead. Think, think about it. So, I mean, the Menendez. I keep keep going back to the to the Menendez brothers, but like they influenced so many movies, like California, Natural Born Killers, this movie. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they're all based off of those off off of that case. So you're right. You're absolutely right. Like it, it, in the now, it was like, yeah, let's do this. Like, it was, you know, this made headlines. This is good. We can make a movie about it. Now the difference is. They had tact when they made those movies, and they were fucking satire films. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Especially like even like Natural Born Killers. Like it's not it's not meant to be like taken fucking seriously. You know? You know? Right. So yeah. It, yeah. So like you're you're absolutely right with all that. Um, but let's get back to the because at this point in the movie, where are we? They just had they just had breakfast. So they just right? had breakfast. Yeah. They kill a cop, so you know the cops are still out there, and you got everyone like it's just and then. They have this discussion with Kyle, who's tied up, and he's like, "Your brother left you, you know. He's not coming back. That's what it was. Your brother's not coming back right. for you." And he was like, "I don't know." He used his fancy like, "I'm smarter than you talk," which was very not that at all. But he basically was like, "My brother never left. He's still here. Like you're fucked, you know." Yeah. And that, but they never show you how he gets out of his ropes, right? You never like. He doesn't meet up with his brother until after that. So somehow he got out of his fucking ropes and kills Bob. Poor Bob. Bob yeah. was just looking for love, love in all the wrong places. <laughs> Poor Bob. Yeah. Poor Bob. I don't. I don't even remember. Do we see them? Do we see him kill Bob? Oh yeah, he breaks his neck. Oh, that's right. And like does a one eighty with his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh my fantastic god! Fantastic kill. It was a fantastic neck break. Like you're talking to someone who loves like the American Ninja movies. And there's neck breaks throughout the entire film. All of <laughs> this is this was like one of the best ones. He says he does a 180 with Bob's head. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, because it shows the whole thing too, right? With his yeah, head like yeah. flipping around backwards. And he like makes like a fucking fish, like a fish face. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So he gets itself out, and then they. So then he he meets back up. He meets back up with Odessa. Yeah, they're right? in the basement, right? They're downstairs. Yeah. I don't know how he made it down there, but he did. And the and the, uh, the lady detective's dead. She died. Yeah. She told him to kill them all. That was. Yeah. She said, "Kill them all." And, and did they raid like, like the weapons? There's like a weapon. There's like a, instead like where the pantry and the kitchen should be is like a like a weapons locker. Uh, the the youngest daughter brings them the the makeup and the weapons. Okay. Yeah, that's where because the because Kyle wants to kill her. And Odessa just kind of shrugs, and then she disappears, and then there's a bag full of fucking guns. Of course, they pull out, like, pistols, and all of a sudden they have these... 
these <laughs> wicked modified shotguns. So I don't know how that happened. But. Right. Yeah. But so they get into full makeup, like war paint, basically. Yep. Yeah. And they start killing, they kill the rest of the fucking cannibal people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then they come upstairs and this sort of this final standoff. Cause they... yeah, and th- Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was, was going to say, I was, cause... I'm just getting excited. <laughs> Because I think, again, you've got the cops coming in from the outside, and they're right. coming up from the basement. Yep. Um, and so, again, it's just an all-out melee. And then there's a respect sides. There's a respect between the Ryan family and the James family, where while there's cops in there, they're yeah. not shooting at each other. They're just shooting at the cops. They're going to kill the cops, right? Because they want to be the ones to take each other out. Correct. Yeah, there's like yeah. a mutual respect, kind of like... It reminds me of like a... Um, a Dragon Ball Z cartoon. Because <laughs> isn't there a guy that's like, he always wants to be the one that like tops the best guy, but if there's another adversary, like he'll go after him instead because he wants to be the one or something. Okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know really know. I, I just remember guys when I was in Job Corps way back a thousand years ago, they used to watch that cartoon. And that was like, every time I came in, there was the bad guy was about to fight the good guy, but then another bad guy's like, no, he's mine and like fights the bad guy. So he indirectly <laughs> is a good guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's kind of what's going on. That's going on here. So, um, yeah, so you kind of have this, so, so the, the final, so you have, um, the daughter versus Kyle yep. and the wife, uh, and Odessa. Yeah. I forgot it's sort how of the like wife, final pairing, like, right? What happens with the wife? How does she die? Does she just get, she just takes one. Like she just takes, one she gets she shot in the vag. That's right. Hey, that's right. <laughs> and Kyle got shot in the dick. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, I think he just takes a shotgun, like, because because he's laying there, he's like laying on the ground, and she's kind of standing over, like, gloating, and he's like, kind of, he's basically pretending to be dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I forget what, uh, I forget what she says, or she says something like "What's so funny?" Or so she notices that he's smiling or laughing or something. She's like, "What's so funny?" And I forget, I forget the line. I don't know. It's probably something oh. like "You're not wearing any underwear" or some <laughs> shit. It's it's something a fourteen year old wrote. <laughs> yeah, and then he just blows her from like the bottom up, like straight yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then and then you have you have Jamie killing Kyle and telling her telling him before he dies that daddy fucks her better yeah um, and then jamie bites it right she bites it uh kyle or, or odessa shoots her and then she runs outside being shot and the entire police force <laughs> open fire on her. right and then and then what the dad takes out um odessa That's, all right so their right? final sta- the final standoff is those two right and they're the ones at the very end, like at the, or at that moment in the movie. That's when more cops are coming in, and they're and these two guys are they decided to team forces to join forces for a minute and kill all these fucking cops. And then the last guy, they're like trying to shoot each other through a cop, you know. And then yeah. it doesn't. And then it's a standoff, and I, there's something witty that's said. And then, and then, the father starts. Uh, what's the father's name? His name's um Charles. Charles starts Charles, shooting. Yeah. Starts shooting odessa and he's shooting odessa and odessa taking every single bullet and then his big finale is he shoots fucking the father in the head and it explodes that's right he he walks outside odessa so odessa goes outside and sees all the cops his gun's empty and then yeah then he gets blown away yeah 
so yeah, so the, the final scene is he comes outside and total I don't think it's product placement, but it it looked like it would be. Um bleeding to death, Odessa, who's got like six gunshots in his belly, who now is wearing a hoodie instead of his trench coat that he had throughout the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> um pulls out a pack of Marlboros and he looks at it and it's empty. He just crushes it up. He opens up his six shooter that I never even knew he had. <laughs> and it's empty. And he's like, fuck. fuck. And then it, it, it then it sh- shots and it fades to black. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's it. <laughs> that's the movie. <laughs> that's right. yeah. Yeah. It's, it was, it was wild though. Like seriously, dude, like, like if, I mean, from, you know, I, as a kid, when I watched it, and I, I was like, at first I wasn't sold on it. And then I kind of was. And then, to now I really see what he was trying to do, you know? Yeah. Um, it definitely, it's one of those movies, like you said, it got lost. Yeah, it really did. Um, and none of these actors like have ever done anything like none of them. I think only, only the lady cop, she might be the only one that even has a photo on her IMDb. Yeah. Yeah. I oh. think a couple of them did a, a, a few other things, but nothing huge. Like I think there were a couple of them were in his movie. The, was it the Covenant? The oh the Covenant, uh, the Co- convent yeah. or the convent? Yeah. Con- is it convent or Covenant? I don't. Uh, let me double check. Yeah, it was the yeah the convent. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I I think a couple of them were in that, but for the most part, I mean, obviously. He, it's your first film. He's he probably used all these people are probably just people he grew up with, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, because they're um, not they're not really well known. The the Odessa <laughs> Odessa kind of looks like the oldest brother from Home Improvement. In a chub like a chubby version, maybe. Yeah, like like an older, chubbier version. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like if this movie had come out five years later, I would have sworn it was that guy. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. Yeah. That makes sense. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, so, but like I said, I really think this was it was his first film. Um, I really think it was him showcasing what he could do as a director. That's why there's so much light and like the lighting and with the haze. Um, yeah. And like the sh- and like the close up shots that kind of fade out, and then like 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 when he's holding the when the cops holding the the wanted sign, you know, it's like a shot in and then it fades out and he's there. Like I yeah. think that was I, I think more or less he was he was trying to say, hey, this is what I can do. Yeah, yeah, it's like like making a sizzle reel. Yeah. It doesn't but matter. It made it, <laughs> it but, made it to Sundance. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I I just feel like Mike Mendez is a, is a a core member of of this whole indie film push. And I think it started with this movie. Again, you see natural born killers. You see people under the stairs. You see, um, you see all these similarities to like a, a Tarantino or a Kevin Smith flick with the, with the dialogue. Um, yeah. I mean, you could definitely see like, those were his big, th- those seem like big influences on him. Right. Um, now let's, sure. l- let's, let's talk about this though. And I'm, I'm shooting from the hip here. So if you want to cut me off, go ahead. Um, movies, that came later that have similarities to this one. Did you, did you notice any? Oh, Rob, um, Rob's Rob zombie films for sure. Well, yeah, definitely. Like there's like a devil's rejects kind of feeling in the end of this movie. And, and not even that, like just the whole family aspect but, uh, of the firefly. Family uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. And there are definitely movies. I'm drawing a blank right now, but there are movies that kind of flip the script on you, like this one does, where like you think that a family is one thing, and you know, and it turns out that uh, uh, you know that they're all criminals or 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 whatever. Um, Mickey Keating has a movie called Psychopaths. Yep. Have you seen it? I've seen it. I uh, right, yeah. I, I have not. But what I, I remember I watched the trailer and it reminded me of this movie hmm. where the cop shows up and the lady's all crazy and she's got someone tied up in her basement or something. like. <laughs> yeah, that's, um. oh God, what's her name? Uh, she's in all the indie movies. Uh, I love her. Um, shit. But I, I see similarities that line up with that too. Um. Even like uh, the movie Identity with John Cusack. Oh, man. I love that movie. I have some fun facts about Identity, but yeah, let's talk about Identity for a minute. So it, it flips the script much like this movie does, right? Where where you have like, you think you know what's going on, then all of a sudden you have no fucking clue what's going on. Um, Yeah, Ashley Lauren Carter is the actress I was thinking of. Yes, um, yes, yes. She's in like all the Mickey Keating. So she's in a ton of indie stuff. Um, But uh, yeah, Identity damn uh so uh yeah that movie blew me away when i saw it i saw that like you know when i was i don't know like teenager college or sometime yep. around then i forget it. it came out like in late 90s right um like i think it came out like early 2000s early 2000s yeah so i would have been in i'd have been in college by then i think and shit like yeah when it when it finally like reveals like what's really going on or like what you've actually been seeing versus like what the reality is um, you know, I remember just thinking like that was the most brilliant thing anyone could ever come up with. Yeah. Oh. So, but it's got, I really don't remember a movie prior to killers that has that kind of flip the script. I, again, yeah. well, well, let me, it, if it, I had to get like, I don't know what year, um, from dust till dawn came out, but that definitely has the, the same. Script. I think it was 96. Also it was dust, so, from right, dust so, till dawn. All right, yeah, so um, that's, yeah. that's the only other one I can think of. <laughs> yeah, and that's another one that, yeah, like, literally the halfway point, um, you know, it becomes a completely different movie. It's like this crime, like, thriller, like, kind of getaway thing. It turns into um, a it turns straight into up a horror. goddamn horror movie. Um, yeah. I, one, of my, I got a fr- one of my friends, he, like, loves the first half of that movie. He hates the movie because of the second half. But he's like, man, the first half of that movie was awesome. He's like, I remember... Man, I- <laughs> yeah, I watched that. I had that on when I was living at my aunt's house, and she sat down and she started watching it. And she's like, "She's like, oh, this movie looks pretty good." And then it flips, and she's like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tarantino does something with the script there with the George Clooney's character though that I absolutely love. Usually in a horror movie, you had to have this whole like m- section like in the middle act where everybody denied that what was happening was like monsters or whatever. Right. right, like everyone was like, "No, there's got to be a rational explanation and all that bullshit." Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but because of the structure of From Dust Till Dawn, there's no time for that. Um, so right. the way he addresses it is so brilliant because you just have you just have George Clooney, you know, going, uh, going. I do not want to hear, uh, from anyone that I don't believe in vampires because you know what. I don't believe in vampires, but I know what I saw, and what I saw was fucking vampires. <laughs> Well, it, that kind of goes <clears throat> for saying in killers too, though, because there's no what the fuck is going on for the Ode- for for the James brothers. Like they're just like, all right, now we're in this weird situation where there's cannibals and bobs, you know. And yeah, in, there's in, no in time to, to to reconcile it or deal with it. <laughs> you just have right. to. 
you just got to you got to adapt. You got yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got to accept it. You got to adapt to it. And you got to move on. And I, I, I feel like that's that's a pretty cool thing to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah, don't know. I, I find that to be interesting that they would do something like that. But Uh-oh. there's definitely influence. Like, a, there's another movie too, a Luke Evans movie called No One Lives. And mm. uh, this movie was a movie I I got on a whim. I rented it from Netflix back when they were sending DVDs. Still, I remember those days. And it blew me away. I was like, "What the fuck is it's one of those?" And it, again, it made me think of Killers because okay. it flips. I don't know. Have you seen that? I, one? I haven't seen that one. No. It flips the script just like this one does. Okay. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I see all these movies that, and that one's kind of like, that one's probably not as popular as some of the other ones we've mentioned, but I see all these movies that followed it that kind of pay homage to this one, you know, especially the zombie flicks. I mean, that is the Firefly family, like just 90s style. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then, for sure. Like, you even got the underground fucking cannibals, just like they did in that one too. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I, I just see like I see, it, it actually the way I feel about this movie with he's show where M- Mendez is showcasing his ability. I feel like that's what House of a Thousand Corpses was for Rob Zombie. This is what I know how to do. Yeah, I can see that. I can see. So that it's for definitely sure. it's definitely following. A, th- there's a blueprint here, and I don't know if I don't know if Mike Mendez created this blueprint, but I see movies that are so similar to it that it's almost like that's what the path they're following. You know? Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah, Danzig tried to follow that blueprint with Veronica. Did you ever did ever end up seeing that one? <laughs> no, 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 never. Saw. <laughs> um, except un- unlike, unfortunately for him, um, you know, like Rob Zombie and and Mike Mendez actually know how to make movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because because you know, uh, like I actually I I actually think um you know of all of all people I think that the modern horror guys have a, have the best take on Rob Zombie that I've heard from anyone, uh, which is that he's a really talented director. Um, he's just not as good a writer as he thinks he is. So I I'm gonna go one step and I I fight with them with the, or not fight but <laughs> this is my this is my rebuttal to that. I don't even think it's his writing that's that's bad. It's his dialogue. His dialogue is abysmal. Yeah. Um, um, he wrote a script for a a, um, a crow ad- adaptation, and that was supposed to be his first movie, but it just never they never settled on it, so it went through the cracks. Okay. I have I have the script. I love it. I read it two or three times. Um, I thought it was a really good job. Um. And it just never got made. And the way Rob Zombie works is when a movie falls apart, he doesn't want to make it anymore. He's on to the huh. next thing. All right. Yeah. He, so like he's had a few now that, that that I was super psyched for, and they fell apart, and and he's just like, well, they're gone. That's it. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. yeah. I um. So I really love I really love The Devil's Rejects. I think that's a really really fun movie. Um. I I don't like House of a Thousand Corpses as much. Uh, but I see why people like it. Uh, I've just I've just not been able to get into it the same way for for whatever reason. Um, but what really like kind of sold me on on both like his abilities and his um, uh, and his lack of <laughs> lack of abilities was Lords of Salem. Oh yeah. Um, because that movie looks like that is like that like when you talk about somebody showing what I can what they can do, like Lords of Salem is like kinda like Rob Zombie, like here's what I can do. Like it was like he watched like every Kubrick film 
and was like, I'm going to put all these brilliant shots together. And so the cinematography in that movie is absolutely gorgeous. Um, score too. I, I oh think yeah. Score, score. I feel like people don't talk enough about in that movie. Yeah. Um, that was the scariest part. I honestly, I think the score is the scariest part of the yeah. entire movie. But but the movie itself, like I, I I just can't I just can't watch it. Like I watched it the once, and I'm like, okay, I'm, that was unpleasant. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that that's how I was with 31. Like the dialogue made me un- and I'm you know I, me. I'm I turned I'm off. I'm not a guy. I'm not a guy who's like. Yeah, that's making me uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, yeah. a, I'm, a, I'm a little bit, I'm a rough around the collar kind of guy. You know, uh, rough yeah. edges. And, and that movie was like, I was like the dialogue. I was like, Ugh. <laughs> I'll never forget. Oh, I went over, I went over to my parents' house. Um, like I don't know, this was probably like three or four years ago now. And like my mom had gotten in the habit of like she would record movies on on the DVR on like on like IFC or something like that. Like she would tape them on the v- DVR so that she could watch them later without the commercials. Yeah. Uh, because they would show movies unedited. And uh, <laughs> and she was like telling me she was like yeah I was like I taped this one like you you might you might like it or something like I thought it was too violent and stuff but uh, but it's still on there if you want to watch it. So I pull up the, I go to the DVR and I pull it up and I start scrolling through and it's the devil's rejects. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> like, sorry, ma. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, she taped it like without like, you know, like, with, like it wasn't like through consultation with me or anything. She was just, she just like saw it on yeah. and she saw it and like she recorded it and she watched it and she's like, Oh, I didn't really like this, but you might, you might enjoy you it. Might, you might enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, so That's my, funny. my, my fun fact about identity yeah. Um, there's a couple of things people may not remember about Identity. One is that it was directed by James Mangold, uh, who is who is a really good director. He went on to do um, Logan oh. uh, a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. But the, the f- most fascinating thing to me about Identity is that the screenwriter is the same guy who wrote the screenplay for Jack Frost and Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. Really? <laughs> yeah. So you, so you mean Jack Frost the horror movie, not yeah. Jack Frost the kids film? No, no, yeah, the Jack Frost horror movies. Really? Yeah. Same interest. Same screenwriter. <laughs> Which one came first? Um, oh, that's a good question. I, I want to say Jack Frost. I want to say like the the original Jack Frost came first. So uh, I'm gonna pull up. So I'm not pull up, but I'm gonna talk about a couple parallels too while you look that up. Yeah. Um. So when you told me about when you're like, Hey, I got a true crime part for this film. Um, I, I was like, that's interesting. I was like, cause obviously I knew about the Menendez brother link. Cause that's like a big part of the movie. So when I was watching it today, I was kind of drawing up a couple different, like, um, similarities to other, other things, you know, like the mother, um, with all her charges on like prostitution and drugs and, and you know what I'm saying? It, yeah. it, it, it what was the female uh, 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 serial killer? Eileen. Eileen something. It begins with a W. I know. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a true crime buff, but I remember her story. You know what I mean? They made a movie called Monster, I think. After. But yeah. So the, yeah. The, I drew up the similarities there, right? Okay. And then, um, you know, then you got like you got a little like Ted uh, Ted Bundy with the father. You know, he's just this regular guy. 
you don't know he's fucked up like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. You got yeah. you got some you got some hints of Jeffrey Dahmer because they're eating fucking people's <laughs> hands and shit. But you like a lady, like a lady finger. <laughs> um, but then like the one of the things I I, I was kind of like because at first I'm like, oh, the father's name's Charlie, so maybe that's a Charles Manson pull. Um, but I the mother's name is Ray, and there was a a serial killer I think from Missouri. Charles Ray Hatcher. Okay. Now, I don't know if that's why they picked those two names, you know, but with all these other like similarities you know, to, to, to the two serial killers, like I, I feel like that could have been one of those little Easter egg kind of things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Could be. So, so yeah, I definitely found a lot more of the serial killer, like ho- not homage, but you know what I'm saying? Like similarities. Right this time around after you mentioning like you all you got you know you did you had like your little true crime thing about the menendez brothers but uh yeah that that to me i always i I don't know when i saw that today i was like huh like there's a lot of little little tidbits here and there you know yeah yeah that's interesting and and yeah that makes a lot of sense and it, it seems like um it's pretty apparent to me i guess at least that mike mendez was uh you know true crime wasn't really like a big like right. you know, th- as a thing in the. I mean, it existed in the '90s, but it wasn't you know a big phenomenon like it is today. And that but, and that one case uh, obviously was heavily influenced because I mean they break it down to almost the science, you know. Yeah. Like they break it down to the, the to the to the core, and and a, and a lot of movies came from that too, like we were talking about earlier. So um, it could have been it could have been these little things that he added in there. There's not a lot, and this is where I think this movie is perfect for your podcast. There's not a lot out there about it. Um, what it is, it's always, you find stuff that's like obscure movies and they're talking about it, but they don't dive in. They just talk about the movie and how fucking bonkers it is and how, you know, and how, and how they like it because it's bonkers. I think a lot of people like this movie um, and it's worth, I mean, it's a good movie to, to, to like for many reasons, but I think one of the big reasons is because it's obscure. And not a lot of people know about it. And I think that's a shame. I think everyone should know about this one. Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely more people need to know about this. And uh, and, and you're right. And and it's, that's like the reason, you know, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast in general was to just talk about these movies that, you know, that, that just weren't getting talked about. And most of the time they're newer. And that kind of makes sense. But, you know, like this movie came out in 96... And partially because it was sort of like lost to time, like it was on VHS and it was never, it was really never released again until, no. so you know, until last year. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's been logged 319 times on Letterboxd. Uh, I don't know if you're a Letterboxd guy. I used um, to be, I, I, in theory I am, but I never get it. <laughs> like, like I, every year I'm like, I'm going to start a new Letterbox list for all the movies I watch. You know, I get to like June and, or, or actually that's giving myself way too much. I get to like, the end of March and I'm like, just forget about it. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I try to, I try to remember just to, just to, just to jump in there every time, every day and like, okay, what did I, you know, like, what did I watch this week? And, and just throw it in. So but, is that a, is, so is 300 a low number for letterbox then? Yeah. I mean, well, especially for like a movie from 96. Okay. Um, but if you want to compare it to something like, like, I like, like, like my go-to is always Mandy. Right. Like, have you seen Mandy? The, the Nick Cage uh, film? I love I love Mandy. So, Mandy's a cult film. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. 
Okay, Mandy's been logged 125,000 times. <laughs> so, and, and again, that's not a mainstream film. Like, Mandy is not, like, fucking, like, Avengers Endgame. Right. Right? Right. Um, but, uh, but it's still got, uh, you know, like, you know, it's still got a huge following compared to something like Killers. And so, like, most of the stuff that I'm, that I'm covering on the podcast is, like, less than a thousand. I, I remember when you, you like pitched this podcast to me and I was all for it. And uh, I was like, oh man, are you going to do just horror? Or are you going to do like regular movies too? And, and I started like naming off all these. <laughs> I'm pretty good with obscure for, for, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I remember I named off some and you're like, I've never even heard of those. Like, I think this was one of them. Wasn't this one of the ones this, I mentioned? I, yeah. This might've been like when I started this podcast, this might've been one that, that, uh, that you had mentioned, but it might've been. We might have talked about it before. I just I don't remember. It's hard yeah. to it's hard to yeah. remember back that far. But um Bullet but, yeah. ju- but Bullets of Justice was another one. <laughs> Bullets of Justice that fi- that just got a release. Oh, did you see it yet? I haven't seen it yet. Ooh. I watched it the other night. Yeah. <laughs> I had to. I had to. Yeah. And, and so you know when you when you hit it, I'm not going to get into it cuz hopefully you review that one on this one, but you know that what the fuck moment in this movie, in yeah. Killers, yeah, that's the entire movie. What the <laughs> fuck? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that one. That one. Uh, that's uh, Danny Trejo, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not in it a whole lot, but yeah, yeah. Okay. He's definitely. He's like the only one you're gonna know. <laughs> yeah, From- I like. I like when they. I like when they do like when they get like one big name and, you know, and they put him in the movie, you know, for like one scene or something. <laughs> <laughs> so because that's all they can afford like okay we've got danny trejo for one day like what are we yeah, gonna do no, and they, uh, and they, yeah and there's like flashbacks with them and it's the same scene over and over like yeah did you ever did you ever see uh, did you ever watch that movie sushi girl i haven't i haven't that was definitely on my list of like ooh, look at this it's kind of obscure i gotta i gotta check yeah. it out that's a good one to check out it's got mark hamill and, really uh, yeah uh, yeah, he's really good in it, and uh, and I think Danny Trejo's in that one too. Um, Danny Trejo, it was either from the '90s. You either had Danny Trejo or Luis Guzman in a movie, <laughs> and if you had them both, it was like it it was like one in a million. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't he do like a couple episodes of uh, Breaking Bad too? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I want to say he was in Breaking Bad for like a hot minute. Like he showed up. He showed up in like one episode, and then like by the one next... of them did. It was yeah. one of the other. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Trejo. He like showed up in one episode, and then by by the next episode, his head's like glued to a turtle or something. It was it was fucked up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but Danny Trejo's great. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Um, now this is a good movie. This is a perfect one to talk about because it was it was just sort of like you know it never. Never got like that uh, that proper release. It was one of those directed videos that even got lost when everything converted to to DVD and, and Blu-ray and digital. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and he, like you said, his body of work, like he's done stuff, so it's not like yeah. You know what I mean, it's not like this. He was a one and done guy. Like he 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 he's got a career in in film and you know in uh, between editing, he does a lot of editing, I think, and then he does a lot like he does his directing um you know he's produced a couple things he's been he was actually in a he was in an anthology that i reviewed for um modern horrors which i'm gonna 
I think you should do for the show because I don't think it got a lot of love called Monsterland. Okay. And Monsterland was like a nine piece anthology and every piece was good. All right. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's good. It's good. You got to check it out. It's it's but anyway, he acted in I think he was an actor in one of the, in that one in one of the segments. So um, he's definitely he's definitely left his mark in, in not only the genre, but in in, you know, independent film. And that's why I say, like, I don't think he's he didn't pave the way like the other two did, but he's definitely left his mark. And he was in there early, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He's like, uh, you know, he's like one of those guys that just like kind of blast the tunnel with dynamite first. And then other guys come in and kind of like chip away and chisel at it and and like move the move the, the, the train along. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's definitely a, a journeyman for the. <laughs> Yeah, like Killers is definitely a a a stick of dynamite for the uh, the indie horror. Oh, absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. We just drew all those comparisons to movies that came after that is similar to it. So obviously, you know, it it made its it made its mark amongst filmmakers. Yeah, Um, but that doesn't necessarily translate to you know consumers and viewers like we are. You know, right, right. But uh, but it's but now you know it's been sort of like rescued and 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 restored and for a new generation of people to to watch and check out. I think if this movie came out today, I mean I think if this movie that came out today it would be very different. But um, I think if it I think if it got released with you know like a like a slick like twenty twenty this is twenty twenty one now um, you know kind of like sheen to it. Uh, people would find it and they would kind of look at it and say, oh, this is kind of like a campy, you know, sort of throwback yeah. kind of thing. Um, you know, watching it, it, it you know, it, it feels a little dated, but I like that. I like seeing stuff. I like seeing stuff that was shot on film. That's that's one of the things that, um, you know, maybe doesn't get as much coverage on this podcast because when you look at sort of modern low-budget filmmaking, because, I mean, everything is digital because it's, it's expensive to shoot on film. Um but so you had back then though but yeah you didn't have a choice (laughs) what else is going on man how you been doing i'm all right man i'm just plugging away you know podcast got the got the podcast going and yeah you're killing it this year man with the the podcast it's trying dude you got you you got you got sponsors and everything you're going corporate on me yeah the thing (laughs) is all right so here's the thing like i can only I tried going on like one of those websites where they pick sponsors for you. I can only get behind shit I believe in. Yeah. So that's that's my take on that. So that's why I my sponsor, you know, my, my sponsor is actually it's two things, but they're they're connected. Yeah. Um, it's I've, the same guy who owns both. I have no soul, so if you want to give me money, I will tell people, I will tell my <laughs> listeners to buy whatever it is you want, like all all like dozen of them. They're yeah. yours. I will sell them anything. Come on, you, you send I me know money. You got, gotta have it. You gotta have it, dude. I, I always say this: like, true crime and horror podcasts are the way to go. Yeah. Um, if you know there's a billion of them, everyone loves them. You know, you get something like mine that's, it's it's off the beaten path, but it still kind of encompasses everything. It's tough. It's tough because people aren't gonna want to. People who like musicians aren't gonna want to hear me talk to somebody about a comic book that they wrote you know i see what you're saying yeah but for overall i think i think things are picking up with it and i yeah um thanks to you you know you come on the show and you help me like we interact on twitter and that that's a big deal you know um 
is is uh I don't know a lot of these podcasts like because I promote a lot of podcasts as you you probably see on Twitter and stuff and a lot of people I have on my podcasts and then people who want to come on because they, they the idea is good and they kind of listen to it and see I don't know if it's because they don't like me <laughs> but I get people that back out a lot it's not and it's not because of the content or anything like that I'm just a little you know I want to be real about everything and I'm always kind of I always I what did I, I like I'm rough around the edges so um whatever if that turns somebody off then i'm sorry you know it's just but that's real yeah. though i mean that's that's people you know it's I, what uh when 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 like it's it's so obvious you know like when someone's being phony and and that's something that i i try to never do you know even on even on my show uh you know in all in all honesty oh, it's like I, I, i'm not gonna I, do something where i don't actually like love uh right. the movie you know and that's what I love about your show. You got you're very honest. Uh and when you get the filmmakers on, they're very honest about their art and they, you know, and they know what it is and what it isn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the biggest things. But uh and that, and that's I that's why I love your podcast so much. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's um but yeah, no, things are good, man. Things are good. Um I don't have a job anymore, but <laughs> but uh <laughs> but things are good, you know? So, so uh you know i, I heard about are. that that's a that's a shame but uh yeah i mean it, it, that's a part of being a small business you know um i've been it's there like you want you want customers or you want clientele and and yeah. my thing's the same way i look for contracts that i find um suitable and once once negotiations are are once we renegotiate and they want to go less i want to go more we can't come to an agreement then i move on to the next thing so i'm not worried about that yeah, oh, that's good. You know, yeah, and it gives me a couple of weeks to focus on the podcast. I could probably knock out like fucking twenty episodes if I wanted to. No, that's <laughs> cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you still doing the? Are you still doing like the promo code thing? You want to talk about the, your sponsor? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So I, I mean, uh, yeah. So my podcast is called the Struggling Artist Podcast. Am I okay to say that? Yeah, yeah. You can, you can bleep it out if you don't want that part. <laughs> But um, my so I have a sponsor. My my two sponsors, like I said, are connected. Um, one is a a uh, a, a record label, uh, State Line Records, out of Salem, Massachusetts. They have a lot of great bands on their label, and I urge everyone to check them out. With that said, um, they also own a uh, online record store called GetPunk.com. So you're gonna find a lot. There's there's stuff that's not punk, but it's called get punk. So expect punk music. You know what I mean? Yep. And what they have is, um, they have a, um, they have a great online store and it's not just stuff from their label. They have stuff from other labels. They've got, you know, they got stuff from Hellcat. They've got stuff from, um, fat cord records. They've got stuff from epitaph. Um, uh, what's Ryan, Ryan young from, from off with their heads, his label. I want, I don't think his label's called anxious and angry, but they've got stuff from his label. And all these other all these other labels, you know. So what what the owner Mark does is, he, you know, he he tries to get all these uh, he, he gets records from all these different labels, and he, and he and he he's like a distributor almost, you know. And one of the big things he does is he also has a monthly vinyl record club where he sends everybody the same record that he thinks is so good that he needs you to hear it. Um, and that's I'm I've been part of that club since 2016 when it started. You know, I took That's a little cool. bit of time off when I was traveling because I wasn't around to listen to records. So, but other than that, like, you know, and uh, so he's our spot or they're our sponsor, uh, the podcast, and they have an offer code uh, struggle. 
S-T-R-U-G-G-L-E. If you use that offer code at checkout, you'll get 10% off your offer. Um, off, your, off your offer? Off your fucking total. Sorry. Right. You had to be drinking beers, Patrick. <laughs> I'm like six in. Uh, yeah, yeah, so use the offer code STRUGGLE at checkout. You'll get 10% off your order. Um, it helps out you guys because you're getting a discount. It helps out, uh, you know, Stateline Records and, and GetPunk.com because they're selling records. And it helps me out in the way where uh, it's tracking it's tracking how many people use my offer code. And that will help me down the road with other marketing. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, these are my numbers. This is what I get. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I got a wife and two kids, so I got no use for records personally. Um, but I got friends, um, you know, and Luke, Luke is big into vinyl. Um, hey, I, so. he thanked me for that one. <laughs> it was, it was me and Jacob in part, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I, I went on, I went on getpunk.com and I ordered something and I just had it shipped to him. Cause I'm like, well, he's got the turntable and he's got everything. He can listen to it. So there was a, there was an album there from Leatherface. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck Leatherface is, but uh, but but it seems like something that Luke ought to have in his collection. Is that an oh. album, or is that the name of the album? That's the name of the band. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. So it's a band called Leatherface. I'm like, I don't know. Luke's a horror guy. He loves Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I'm gonna send him the Leatherface album. I don't know the fuck. Ch- it is. Ch- chances are it was some kind of punk band, but yeah, yeah. He likes punk music too. So yeah, it was. Cool. I, I listened to a couple of their tracks. They did a they did a cover of uh, shit something. It was like something that was not punk, and they did a punk cover of it. I don't know what it was like. Let's, it was, I, I, it's not let's get it on, but it was something like that. It's, um, it's awesome. Man, it was dope. That, you know? uh, yeah, it's good shit. Um, so getpunk.com, offer code STRUGGLE. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and the and, podcast is the Struggling yeah. Arts podcast. Yeah. Do, you want me to, do you want me to say what that is? Or? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Talk about it. All right, so, so basically my podcast, the Struggling Artist podcast, I am the Struggling Artist uh, or I like to say I am a master of the art of struggling ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, where I, I talk to amazing guests. I, I hear their stories. We talk about their art. If they're into, you know, if they're, if they're creators, we talk about that. I've listened, you know, I've talked with awesome musicians and podcasters and writers and filmmakers and actors. I've, I, I've done it all. Like I talk to everybody, even people who necessarily don't have an art, but are into things. Um, I talk to them too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just, mm-hmm. I just want to hear people's story. I'm a storyteller. I write, uh, as you know. And, uh, so I just try to, I just, you know, for me, it's, it's inspiring to hear people's stories, not only like about their art, but about their lives. And, uh, I think it's not talked about enough, especially when it comes to struggling. Um, as you know, I, I struggle with mental health and, and a bunch of other things. And in my whole life, even my art, like between my creativity and my mental illness, I've always like hit it from everybody. Cause it was not cool. You know, and now that I'm an old man, I'm like, well, I need to actually put this out there. So that's kind of how, how the whole thing came about. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, thank you again for having me on. You, I, you might be outside of the movie seller. Cause I'm kind of like part of their crew. You are the first podcast to ever have me on as a guest. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, I didn't disappoint. <laughs> no, no, it's been great, man. It's been great, and I've been on your show a couple times. Um, yeah, man, I love so, having you on. Yeah, the first definitely. time was like the first time was like two hours, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was a while. This one's gonna be this one's gonna be pushing that uh, Oops, <laughs> for sure. Sorry. 
But uh, no, it's great. I love it. Um, so yeah, and I'm gonna send some. I'm gonna send some guests your way. Um, Please do. Yeah, the guy yeah. I just the guy I just talked to. So um, a guy named James Horton, he's a filmmaker. Uh, really, really interesting guy. Uh, I'm gonna introduce you to him because I think he'd be a great guest for your show. He yeah, yeah. um he he makes he he's made horror films. Uh, he's made documentary films. He's made. You know, like other kind of like comedies and stuff like that. The guy's just like a just a just a movie making uh machine. He loves telling stories and stuff. And he's um he's got kind of an interesting, you know, journey, you know, sort of like learning about the business at the you know, at sort of the grassroots level. Um, so really cool stuff. I got I, think, I got uh, something to toss your way too, so Okay. We'll uh we'll awesome. chat about that at a later time. Yeah. yeah I got some. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, man. Hey, and you always have like you know filmmakers on or actors and and, and directors. I, thank you for having me on. I'm I'm just a fucking bum. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I, I was in a movie, but or I'm in a movie. But you're in um, a movie. No, you're gonna you're gonna yeah. be in more movies. Uh, Trev's, <laughs> Trev's a great actor. I, he doesn't talk about this. You talk about this every now and then on the show. You know, people don't realize this. Trev's a great actor. Oh, no, I'm just good at playing me. <laughs> <laughs> the big scary guy so <laughs> yeah you're not a scary guy though no i'm not but I, I at first look i definitely get it and i can be i can turn it on you know yeah so that's yeah. the beauty of doing that project uh with, <laughs> with luke was just like i could just like like i'm sitting there and i'm having a blast talking to people and then it was like all right you're up in like five minutes and i can just i just flip the script and i just put it on and kind of yeah. walk away from everybody and just go mm, get myself amped up for whatever i gotta fucking do you know that's right Right, you gotta you gotta snap Bob's neck at a moment's notice. <laughs> Fucking Bob, man! <laughs> I don't know what what was Bob. I don't know. Was Bob, was Bob was... transgender? I I don't know. I oh, I that, that oh, maybe a crossdresser. Was he? I like. It almost seemed like he was like a like a like I don't want to I don't want to be insulting to people, but it almost seemed like he was like a like a product of inbreeding or something. It could be. It could you know, be because he's all deformed. And yeah, I didn't know if those were burns or deform. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, there's Bob has no character development whatsoever in this, in this, in this, in this he's movie. Just he's just he's just there. He's, he's Bob. He's just, yeah. He shows up like the Gimp, and um, you know, and just as quickly he's just 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 done away with. Yep. Yep. So, rest in peace, Bob. That's right. All right, man. Thank you again, Patrick. Yeah. I, I deeply appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, I appreciate you doing this, man. It's a uh, it's a big help. I uh, I have uh, I have enjoyed it, and uh, look forward uh, to the next time. For sure, man. I I've got plenty of obscures for you, so you let me know. I'm back. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. You got to come back. You got to come back and talk about uh, Bunny the Killer thing. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> have I showed you my thing? I I'm gonna send you a picture. Okay. I have like. I have like the collector's it, edition. It cost it, me like forty bucks. Oh damn! And I never even watched the movie, and it cost me forty bucks. <laughs> I bought it, and then they're like, "Hey, this is just on Prime. You want to just watch it there?" And I'm like standing there with like the fucking DVD. And I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> I do that. I do that all the time. Um, you know, because I have stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to go and like dig through all my stacks of, of DVDs to find the guy. Like, it's on Prime. I'll just. Throw it up. Plus, like you know, the, the 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 filmmakers get a whole like you know penny per hour or whatever for you watching it. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> That's the best best case scenario, right? 
That's right. Well, thank you again, sir. Yeah, thank you. you take it easy. Fun, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry if I took up a lot of your time. <laughs>